With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to each and every one of you wherever you are listening in this world. Welcome to another session of Sunday Mornings with me, C. Maria, a.k.a. the Mediating Shiro right here 
at our ground zero. And as always, when I say that we're at ground zero, that never means that we are at rock bottom. It simply means that we are standing on solid ground where we can regroup, rethink, refresh, repair, and prepare to dig in, grab our footing, and propel ourselves to new heights. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you today. It would appear, let's see if we can get things working here properly. Um, I'm having a few technical difficulties, but nothing too major just yet. So again, welcome to each of you. I see a lot of new names have popped on our call query, and of course, over in our show chat room. Welcome to guest number two. Hey, Miss Pretty, how are you today? Jokes from the hood. I'm not too sure if you're a regular or someone new, so if you want to let us know, that would be wonderful. Um, again, welcome to our program. Thank you so much for being here. I am truly multitasking this morning. Um, we can't seem to put out the notification that we're on air. Um, wonderful. It's always something going on here, but uh, it is what it is, so we'll be fine. We're going to keep it moving today. For those of you who may be new, let me tell you a little bit about how our show flows. I always start off with some announcements and salutations and greetings, things of that nature, and then we move into what I call our stress relief and release segment. That's our breathing exercises where I require you to be in a lying or seated position because your eyes are closed for that. We want to start off this week on a great note. And some of you, I know that you're moving towards afternoon and early evening, but you're just joining us now. So guess what? You made it through almost your entire day. So now, if you're in midday, it's time for you to refresh and regroup. And if you're in the evening, it's time for you to exhale and try to relax for the rest of your day. So again, this is our plan for today and every day on our shows. So again, while you're preparing yourself for that, let me tell you a little bit of announcements and things of that nature. You know, we always go in and we give a shout out to all of the areas, countries and states and things of that nature and provinces who listen to us. And this week we have a newcomer. So for our countries and other areas and provinces and things, USA, Cambodia, UK, Kuwait, and we are welcoming for the very first time Switzerland to our listening audience. So hello to all of you, but a special hello to Switzerland. Thank you so much for joining in. And over in the United States, our top uh, states with listenership are Michigan, New York, Virginia, North Carolina, Colorado, Texas, and Maryland. So welcome to all of you throughout the United States. We try to highlight our top five or six or so, but a special welcome to Switzerland. I love it when we have new listenership going on. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Guest number two over in our show chat room. If you would like to join in our discussion, 
you would have to log out and log back in as a screen name so that you can either type in the chat room or if you don't want to do that, you just want to sit back and listen, that's okay too. And your other option is for you to call us at 646-478-4726. That's 646-478-4726 to join us on air. When you come online, you can press the number one on your phone to let me know that you would like to be on air. Okay, so today, after our breathing exercises, we're going to go right into our program. And today it's all about turning a house into a home. And this is going to get pretty deep very quickly. So we're going to jump straight straight into it after our stress relief and release. So by now, you should be in your lying or seated positions. I'm going to guide you to start off our stress relief and release. Eyes closed, no standing. I hit the wrong prompt. So sorry. But here we go. Lying or seated positions only. I'm not going to be responsible if you hurt yourself by standing with your eyes closed. So again, welcome. Eyes closed, lying or seated position. Let's get ready to start our breathing. Let's inhale. Now exhale slowly. One more time. Inhale. Now exhale slowly. And again, inhale. And exhale slowly. One more time with me. Inhale. Now exhale slowly. I want you to continue your breathing exercises throughout our program today. This is our short time to be together, to let go of everything that has been holding us down, holding us back and weighing us down. We need to start letting go of everything and everyone who does not bring something positive into our lives. And I know that that's a hard thing to say and do, but one thing about all of us here at Healing Through Heard iTalk Radio Network, we have stories to tell. We have walked those miles in the shoes that you are walking in now. So I want you to understand something. You are not alone. I want you to understand you are not alone. Keep breathing. Keep breathing for a little while longer for exercise. And then my diehard students, you can get your... Pads and papers out and get ready for your notes for this week if you choose to do so. If you are new and you're going through a storm, just sit, be still for a while. Be still. Keep 
Okay, so as I said earlier, last week we talked about cleaning everything in our lives that keep drawing the flies. You know, that yesterday was so funny. I believe it was Monday. Somehow a fly got in the house and he was relentless. And I said, oh, my gosh, I just talked about you. I tried to catch him all day. And um, he was just all over the place. And I uh, thought about my own show, actually. And I said, you know, shoe fly, you got to go. You have to go. So finally I did catch him and um, he was, uh, he's no more. Let's put it that way. And um, it just helped to ground me again and put me in that place where we need to continue this journey to keep cleaning everything out of our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our souls that are weighing us down and holding us back and keeping us in an unhealthy place. So we're going to continue our journey today. And naturally, today is no different than any other. Today, we're going to be learning about making our houses homes. When we have houses, it serves to show we have shelter in many cases. Some homes are huge while others are small, the size is not what makes any house a home. We need to understand that some go home to houses with no communication, no love, no respect, only secrets and lies, heartache and pain that stay within the walls or so people think. It's time to keep our healing process going. Let's make those houses home. So our inspiration for this week is simply make your house a home. Make your house a home. Oh, yes. And there are times throughout our program when I may go silent. Prayerfully, they won't be the times when we're having technical difficulty They will be the times that I give you to prepare yourself for our program or to reflect upon what has been discussed up to that moment. Figure out where you can apply it in your life, and if you know that this show can help others, please share it with them as well so that you can be that beacon of light in the lives of others. That's how this works. We're not here to see who can get the biggest home or the fanciest car or the the eye candy for a spouse or a significant other. We're here to help one another first and foremost. Everything else is just the icing on the cake. So, again, I need you all to understand this, that we're here to work together, and we are walking this journey of healing We are walking this journey of finding our health and happiness again. We are walking this together. No one walks alone. No one. And I say this with all honesty. If you're walking alone, you're not doing things right. Because you see, when we're in this unhealthy place, We need to have different insights. We need to have people that we can look to to help us to look in a different direction, to help us to clean up that twisted thinking that we have going on. 
So let's talk about your house. Remember, a few weeks ago, I spoke about every single day. This is what you should do. In many cases, you must do. And you will see how quickly things change with one small step, one small alteration from what you're used to doing. We spoke about making your bed. Everyone in your home should make their bed every day. First of all, when you get home or if you're home now, I need you to look at your beds. What do they look like? Is it made? Is it full of a bunch of items all over the place and the place where you sleep is on that proverbial edge? Because you see, for those of you where you have all of this clutter in your bed and you're sleeping on the edge, what is that telling you? That tells you that it's probably how you're living your life. You have all of this stuff going on in your life, all of these people and things that are pulling you in all types of directions. You have no time, no space for yourself. This is all part of making your houses homes. This is a process. It's not a just jump and clean it up and it's wonderful. That's not it. Some of the people that have the most pristine homes have the most dysfunctional family lives within those walls of that home. Some people have huge homes, but they're working four jobs just to be able to afford it because they want to be recognized. They want to be a member of that pseudo 1% or have that facade of being people who they are not. We're going to get to that too. But right now we're talking about you changing little things that can help you change the outlook on your lives when you open that door and you walk out into the real world. So let's go back to your bed, your bedroom, but your bed especially. Even if you have clutter all around you, you should have a well-made bed because you see, When you come home and your day has been awful, awful, doubly awful, the one thing many of us want to do, we just want to lie down for a few moments. So back to how your bed looks right now. We talked about when you have the clutter all over the place and all of that. So we're going to go to plan B. You look at your bed and... You just threw everything on it. Eh, you don't feel like it. Just throw everything on it. It's probably indicative of how you do things in your life. You just throw caution to the wind. You don't do anything. You do everything half-task, T-A-S-K. Everything is just blase, blase. You don't really care. And your bed shows you that. It's the beginning of your day is to wake up and get out of bed. You had a good night's sleep. You say, I had a great night's sleep. And show that enthusiasm, that appreciation by making your bed. Make your bed, people. Make your bed. 
And for those of you who aren't even trying to make your bed, you're probably not even trying in life either. Some of you have given up. Some of you have just decided that it's better to assimilate instead of standing your ground, protecting yourself, fighting for yourself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Good morning, Sister Jennifer. She said, good morning from Virginia Beach. I'm listening from my phone, but came upstairs to log in to let you know I'm here. My phone doesn't support the chat line. Well, I thank you, sis, for being here from Virginia Beach. You all have heard me talk about Jennifer many a times on the program. Uh, Again, this is what happens when you make your bed. You learn how to step out, and so many people are afraid of everything. You run into that house, you close the door, you put down the blinds, you make sure everything is locked up, you won't even crack the window to let in fresh air. You know, years ago, Jennifer and I had met on social media. Social media. And my ride-or-die guy and my right hand and my corporation and everything, uh, Eugene and I, we... uh, We were going down to Virginia to surprise someone else I had met online who had come to a function of mine a few years prior and surprised me. She and her daughter had come down from Jersey to surprise me. Matter of fact, I was supporting another sister who I met on social media, but as I promoted her event, a lot of people who I knew decided to come down, and uh, Sister Veronica from Washington, D.C., it was so many of us we got together. Kyle Sefcik, first time um, at our job, he was um, at my regular job. He was the gentleman. He did the um, the fitness programs there. He and his wife, they had come out to support us and do self-defense training. He's now running for uh, county councilman, I believe, in Montgomery County, Maryland, here. So if you know Kyle, you know people in Maryland in that area, tell them to check him out and support Um So, again, this is what happens when you learn how to live within your house. You take those chances and you explore the world and you see what happens. So, you know, when I I called Jennifer and I said, listen, we're in Virginia. How close are you to XYZ where we were? And as it turns out, she was not that far away, maybe 20 minutes from where we were staying. We had switched hotels a few times, but the second hotel, we were about 20 minutes from her. So we met, and we hugged, and we hugged, and we hugged, and we hugged. And um, Eugene and her, my, my brother, I call him my brother because she's my sister. Um, they were just standing there staying. Eugene said it was like we had on Velcro dresses, and we wouldn't get apart and we were just hugging and it was so funny she said she cooked a little something and she had that spread and she welcomed us Eugene and I into her home we were welcome the spread the little spread was oh my gosh she had a little bit of everything she had cooked ribs and and mac and cheese and greens and and I think she had um, what else did you have Jennifer she had all types of food. We had a spread from heaven, and I tell you, it was all delicious. 
but we were welcomed into her home. We have been close-knit ever since. So this is what happens when you change minor things within your house to make it a home. You learn how to branch out. You learn how to take those chances. Once you look at your bed and you see how your bed is, you want to change that. You're not getting that promotion at work because you're not assertive enough. You're not getting uh, that person in your life because you haven't corrected things that you need to fix within your home, within your house rather, to make it a home. Not for that person that you want in your life, but for yourself. So make your beds this morning. That's the first thing. Jennifer writes, she had pork chops, saffron, rice, corn, chicken with cornbread. Oh, she had a spread. It was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. And we were welcomed into her home, Brother Steve and her. They just welcomed us like we had known each other our entire lives. It was so welcoming. We always talk about it. Eugene had said a couple weeks ago that it's about time for us to make our Virginia Beach run. So we're going to be putting that together soon as well so that we can come down and visit for a while and coordinate our time so we can spend more time together. And I believe it was last year, year before, we had gotten together in Virginia for my birthday. That was hilarious. Um, Even for that small time, we had a ball, and we were still like a family. And for those of you, I always say that when you come to This show, you may come as a guest or an attendee, but in the end, you're family. You are family. All these little things will help to change your outlook when you just start to make your bed. We also talked about going downstairs to the kitchen. Do you have a bunch of dishes in the sink? Clean the dishes. Because that's indicative of this. You keep putting off things. We're just talking about that. When I say making your house a home, there's so many intricate parts to that. When you make your house a home, you have to start with minor changes that make a major impact and difference on you and those around you. If you have dishes in the sink from yesterday and day before, guess what? It's time for you to go down there, clean up those dishes. I always say that you can see all of these documentaries and things about people in what society calls third world countries. They might have a few sticks that they have managed to put together. They will sweep out their cardboard boxes. They will sweep out the dirt floors that they have. Their beds are always made, if you notice. And then they will go to the stream or wherever, and if they have their utensils and things, they're washing themselves and their utensils. We don't do that in these so-called evolved worlds. We just don't do that. We need to learn how to learn from the way that we are living. So we've gotten our beds made. Now we want to look at that kitchen. 
We want to look at that kitchen, and right now, if you've got dishes piled up, it's time for you to clean those up. Do not leave. Do not leave your homes or go to bed at night without dishes in the sink. Don't do it, people. I implore you not to do it. Over in our show chat room, Jennifer says there's something calming about making your bed. And for her, going downstairs to the kitchen and seeing a clean stovetop, tables, and sink is a really good feeling. She says her coffee tastes better from a clean kitchen. Amen to that. That is absolutely true. And so many of you are sitting up there thinking that someone's judging you. No one's judging you. We're on this journey. Depression can make us not want to do anything, all types of things. I suffer from major depressive disorder. You know, on that scale where you're supposed to be 25 or 80 is the highest, I was like like eight, 900, something crazy like that kind of depression. So I fight with that every single day. But you know what? I have my God and my faith. That works for me because I got off of all medications. I learned how to feel the warmth of the sunlight. And so many of you who follow my story, you know that my ex-husband said if he couldn't have 50% of everything, I'd have 100% of nothing. So he proceeded to tear up my house, and slowly but surely, I'm getting my house back together. Maybe one day it will feel like a home to me again instead of a fortress. But for now, because he lives right in the backyard, it's a fortress for me. If I could gut it out and get it all cleaned up and use it as a safe house, which is my hope for other people in need, then that's what I intend to do. But for me, it is a house. It is a place to provide protection and shelter. I don't even have a large refrigerator anymore. I have a little small one that I can lift in my hand. I don't keep very much in there. I do have a large freezer so that when I fill that up, at least I'll have food for a while. But again, unfortunately for me, what used to be my home is now just my house. But I make the best of it because it's also my studio now. I've learned how to really change things around to to make them serve a better benefit for me. It's my study library. It's all of these things. So in a sense, it's a pseudo home. But I know for me that there's been too much heartache and pain here throughout the generations, even before my husband. And now it seems more like a house. But these moments when I'm sitting here with you, it feels like we're chit-chatting from my home. So for a short time, my house is a home. And now we're going to move on to one more section before we get into the real nitty-gritty of all of this. I need you to understand this part. Are you ready for this? I need you to understand this part. Let's go look at those bathrooms. Yeah. Some people, you do understand that there's an undercarriage to your toilets. 
I don't know how things manage to slip out and slide down and go under and be all down in the cracks and crevices, but yeah. Anytime you can look at your toilets and you look to the left and you look to the right and you look beneath and you see little segments of things that look like crystallized whatever, lemonade, there's a problem. Because that's the same way. If you're willing to go in and sit on that type of unsanitary conditions and things, let me say this. That's indicative of how you let people in your life. You let all types. You let all types of uh, vermin and, and, and critters and bad things into your life. If you're willing to drop down and sit on something that has a lot of residue around it, there's a problem. We need to fix that. If you are the type of person or family where you all will get up, walk away, and for whatever reason, you don't know how to see that little handle thing. You know, most people just press a button or they just touch that handle and push it downwards, and, you know, the water starts to churn and get it everything away. If you are in a home where people aren't doing that, that's indicative of the fact that you like to lay and wallow in your own stagnant waters. After a while, it'll start to smell and this and that, and some people just keep putting toilet paper on top of it, thinking that that's going to solve the problem, when all you have to do is press the button or push down on that little handle. It's that quiet time, people. So many of you, I can hear you. I can almost hear you from here. So many of you say, oh, yeah, I went to so-and-so's house. Ugh, I couldn't do it. I had to stand up to go because, oh, I couldn't, ugh, I couldn't do it. If I could hold it a little longer, I would have gone somewhere else. Ugh, ugh. And for some of you, you are that person. So, again, people, we've talked about your bed. We've talked about that there kitchen. And now we're talking about your bathrooms. You see, these are the small things that you can work on today. And for those of you who want to say, it's not my problem, I'm not the only one who uses it, and blah, 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 let me tell you something. Stop the finger pointing. Change starts with one person. Let that change be you. And you keep that change going until you're in a place where you can leave that environment and get your own home. Do not solidify your bad choices by saying that you're not the only one who utilizes that space or you're not the only one who lives in that house. Be the change. Change starts with one person. And then it begins a ripple effect. Sometimes, for me growing up, I could do nothing good enough for dear old mom. Everything my brother did was perfect. So 
I couldn't do anything right. I couldn't clean the kitchen enough. I couldn't do anything. And neither one of them were pretty good at keeping house. So I was the change. It wasn't until many years later that a friend, a, a former friend of mine and I were in ho- at home, and I said, when she comes in, tell her that James did it. She walked in, and she said, who did the kitchen? I said, you know, my brother did it. And she said, I thought so because it was perfect. And my, my former friend started laughing, and she said, what's so funny? I said, he didn't do it. I did it. So she said, I think you and your friend need to leave. But that let me know that all those years, she was still playing mind games with me. She was still just as uh, abusive and, and uh, critical of me as ever. He could go come home with a crappy report card, and all he got was next time you'll do better. If I came home with AAAB, you should have gotten all A's. And you all want to know why I'm in law school. Because, you see, I was molded in that house that I lived in to know that I was a child of a lesser God. I was molded to know that I was never going to be pretty enough. I was never going to be good enough. I was never going to be anything but this piece of crap that got on dear old mom's nerves. And she loved to tell the family about everything that didn't really happen that I was doing, and then they were dumb enough to believe it and then attack me for it. These have been the quietest couple of years because after a family member attacked me for the last time about two years ago, I walked away from all of them. And the one stronghold that I thought I had, even though they were already involved, they decided they didn't want to know the rest of this story. So now we're getting into the heart-filled part of making that house a home. As I said in our opening, so many homes have no communication, no love, no respect, only secrets and lies that they think stay within the walls. There are so many people who are crying out in silence, who so many other people are missing because they're living in that big house and they're working 27 jobs to be able to afford the mortgage just because they want to be the center of attention to someone So they don't notice anything but what they're doing right there in their own little world. And Jennifer writes, if you use it, it's your problem too. That's right. And that statement in itself can be applied in so many ways. Because let me tell you this. If you use it, it's your problem too. If you live in that house and you see things aren't right, it's your problem too. Whether it's affecting you or affecting you right now, let me tell you something. It's your problem. If you know that a parent is mistreating some of the siblings, don't sit on your proverbial high horse because they're not bothering you and think that you're better or you try to stay in your place so that they don't start to attack you too. It's your problem because guess what? If you don't know it, let me tell you, you're part of the problem because, you see, those who are being abused and affected and all of that, they see that you're not being treated the same. I saw it. My mother did everything in this world to tear down my self-esteem and my self-worth. The stories that I could tell you all, matter of fact, the statements that I could make, because I don't call them stories. I lived them, and they're encrusted in my brain. And I live in a family where nobody gave a darn about the truth. 
If my mother said it, it must be the truth and the only truth. So I'm this terrible monster. And one thing you have to understand is that most people can't, they can't make pretend their entire lives. I've been constant my entire life. Either I like you or I don't. I keep it real. I let you know. Look, what you're doing is wrong. I'm going to write you up, write you down, do whatever. I let people know. Whether or not they believe me, that's not my problem. So don't catch an attitude when things hit the fan. When I found my voice in my early to mid-20s, I have been roaring ever since. I wanted to make a home for my son. I had this home built because I wanted him to be in a stable environment. My biggest mistake was still having empathy and feeling and letting my mother be around him too much. He can say whatever he wants about me. Lord knows if you all were around for the Marathon of Hope Kingdom movement many years ago, that was a weekend event, you all heard that I've been called a whore by my mother and a bitch by my own child. These are the memories that I will go to my grave with. These are the memories that nobody wanted to hear about, nobody wanted to address. And I had one family member that pulled my mother up and said, well, what happened? She said she called me a whore because my son wasn't being taken care of the way she wanted him to. Well, the real, the real story was this. We're talking about living in that house that I grew up in. When she came in, I saw in her face that she had an attitude. I was in my windowsill. I had a lengthy windowsill that I could actually sit in. I was on the phone with an old friend, and I said, oh, she's in a mood. So unfortunately, when she was getting out of the car, a gentleman walked up and said, how's your daughter? Tell her I asked about her. How are you? She said, how are you? <laughs> and then no sooner than he walked away, a second one came up. Hey, how you doing? Haven't seen your daughter in a while. Please tell her I said hello. She came in the door. Now, it's this wonderful salt-of-the-earth Christian woman. First thing out of her mouth, DG men always asking about me. I ain't nothing but a GD whore. She came up the steps, and she felt the need to say that. And my friend on the phone, she said, did she just call you a whore? I said, yeah, she did. And I said, look, I'm going to go now. Is that 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 will be with me for the rest of my life. Next day, she bought me a gold bracelet. I didn't know at the time. I had no clue about abuse and all of those things and how many times she'd do something very hurtful, and then she'd um, buy me something nice, but then she'd get on the phone and tell the family that I did something to her, and those dummies would believe it. And I'm to that point now where, yeah, you cannot be that foolish. But for over 50 years of my life, these people have always believed what dear old mom said. Without question, without investigation, without anything. Because, you see, we lived in, I grew up in a house. It was never a home. It was never a home. We need to do better, people, especially in this current climate here in the United States and all over the world, actually. We have to do better. We need to change our habits, our thinking, the way that we look out for one another. We must change 
If we do not, we are bound to fail. All of these serial killers and people like that in this world, what do you think? How do you think the starting point was? Yes, some may have had some type of a chemical imbalance or mental illness or whatever, because now you know certain people, everything that they do is due to a mental illness. Some people in this world are just mean, nasty, and evil, in my opinion. And now with this environment here in the United States, some people think that they can say and do whatever they want without consequence. And people are taking that to heart. And they're living out their worst fantasies. Many of us, sometime in our lives, we have tried to commit that perfect crime in our minds. But now some people, because of their pseudo-privilege, they feel as though they can bring what they think internally into the external world. The young man who just um, shot up, I believe it was the Waffle House a week or so ago, they had taken away the gun, the authorities, and did all of this, and his dad decided to give him back the gun. He proceeded to go to the Waffle House and shoot, what, four people, injure several others? President didn't want to talk about that, though. You didn't hear one thing about that other than people sharing it in social media. Not one thing. And so many people believe that there's not other things going on and underlying, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, there's not some type of an underlying mission or, or it's all about separating this country. It's all about making families fall apart. I want you to think for a moment. Be honest with yourselves because if you can't be honest with the person that you see in the mirror, you cannot be honest with anyone else. We talked about today your bed, your kitchen, your bathroom, in your lives, what's missing inside of those walls? What's missing? In your lives Are you the person Who's being Trampled upon Are you the person Who's trying to help Are you the person That sneaks in the room When your sibling is crying And tries try to give that sibling a hug And tell them it'll be alright Are you that sibling That tries to just turn your back On everything Have that nonchalant Blase blase attitude About everything You're part of the problem. Are you those family members who believe one side of a story, and then you in turn attack the same family member that's already been kicked and abused? You're part of the problem. And I'll tell you this. You can make pretend all you want. If Judgment Day were today, would you disappear? So many of you who go to church on Sundays and you sit up there on the front pew and you sing on the choir and all of that. There's a program that I watched a a show. It's called, I believe, Sunday Morning Rapture. 
You had one of the gentlemen, he said he was too rich to go to hell. You had the people who were sitting there on the front pew and several of the pastors were still left behind. So, so many of you who think that you're living right, you're not. So many of you who view and and worship some people as the salt of the earth, they're not. And God doesn't like when you share his time. So guess what? You're losing points too. When you make your house a home, you make people feel welcome. When you make your house a home, there's love, there's communication, good or bad. If you're having a bad day, talk about it. If you feel as though there's something going on in your relationship, speak about it. Get it out. Because you see, the longer that we keep housing everything, our bodies are small. We could be out there being the four, five, six hundred pound people. Our bodies are still small in the grand scheme of things. You know, so many doctors say you can't do this, you can't do that, and you your body can't take this. I know that when I put on too much weight, my heart can't take it. So I wouldn't survive at four or five hundred pounds. I know what it's like to have been three. So I know it's not my body isn't made for that. But when you come home to that house with no love, no communication, no respect, secrets, lies, and or loneliness, sometimes the only refuge is that wonderful, wonderful thing called food. So you see, when I'm talking about making that house a home, it's so much more to it than just cleaning it up. And, you know, people could clean up their house and have a pristine house and still be living a lie. And for those of you who are, see, I come home, and I come home alone. There have been times I would be lying to you if I didn't say that I walked in this house. And I felt the loneliness. It was bring your children to work day last week on my regular job. For that one small moment, I wish my grandchildren were closer so that I could have brought them there. One of them, he's infatuated with the place for so many reasons where I work. But I was, again, walking among all these little people and children And no disrespect to anyone, I just like to call them little people because they are human beings. And so many times we treat children like objects within that house. They're not veered as humans. They're veered as objects. Do this, do that, get out of my way, be quiet, don't do this. So many people have children when they're not ready to be parents. this quiet moment. I need you all to understand. Is your house a home? Is your home turning into a house? Are you trying to turn your house into a home? If so, what have you identified that you need to change in order for you to accomplish that? First of all, we need to go around the room to every single member in that house. If you're by yourself, good. You only have one bed to take take care of. 
If you live in a home with a family, you walk around, and guess what? If it's a child, have that bonding moment. Help them to make the bed. Make the bed together. Make it fun. If you have a significant other, make it fun. Make the bed together. You do the left top. They do the, the, the right and the bottom. Make it fun. Then it's nothing better than when you're about to put down the, the, the top covers and all of that and you have one side and, you know, okay, lift it up, and then you do that infamous shake. You want to shake it out, you know, to make it nice and flat so when it falls, it's supposed to be flat. But it never seems to work out that way. But you make it fun. And when you don't feel well, where do you like to go? You want to get under the covers and just be left alone a while so that you can heal. You can't do that if you have a bunch of clutter in your bed like the clutter in your life. It's probably the clutter in your life and all of that that's worn you down to the point where your resistance is not working well. I need you all to understand something. Only you can make your houses homes. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to have the biggest house. You don't have to have any of that. I need you to understand, you do not have to have the biggest house on the block. You're, if that's not what you can afford, then you make whatever little, it can be a hut, make it your home. You know, there are times at night when I just stand or I'll open the windows and I'll look out. It's beautiful out here, except for the 25-plus-year home builder. He hasn't finished that infamous house yet, for those of you who have been following me for years. That house is not finished, and he brings more junk out there. He could have had the house built by someone and had a mortgage that was almost paid off at the rate that he's building this home. But again, the rest of it, tall trees, we have owls, we have woodpeckers, we have chipmunks, groundhogs, um, deer galore, foxes, some other unidentifiable paw print. But anyway, and of course, we're still surrounded by some farms, so we have the horses and cows and all of that, and it's a closed community, and we're a bit elevated. But at night, last night, I could hear the peepers, the little tree frogs, as they're called, little tiny things, but they have big, big sounds. So I could hear the peepers and all of that. But you see, when I'm out back, then it's amazing how whenever the ex is around, whenever I tend to go outside to cut my back lawn or whatever, here he comes, and he has to talk loudly enough to let me know that he's living at the neighbor's house, that, um, yeah, neither one of them can afford a home on their own because they're very um, two peas in a pod, a match made, and you know where. And he just can't get a rise out of me because, as I told the neighbor, he was her problem now. So, you know, they have a criminal living in their house, free handyman. He's lost all of his licenses. He's been taken to court. Uh, Virginia has revoked uh, 
his contractor's license, which means he can't get one anywhere because he stole a lot of money, didn't do a lot of work for people, and he lost his case. And if you read the case file, he um, he lied about who he was and his criminal background and all of that, and they went out and found it. And um, he swore up and down that he had the wrong person, but they were like, yeah, same social, same birth date, same mugshot, so they were pretty sure that it was him. So um, he's lost his license. He has no insurance. He has no real job. He has no retirement. He has no um, bonding, no nothing. So people, beware of who you're bringing into your houses. If you're trying to make that house a home, know the contractors that you you are hiring to come in and do the work. Because everything that he did here, he either came back and took it, he took the doorbell, just gone. I had two wires hanging. Doorbell just gone. Anything that he worked on, he tried to, to destroy. He um, The caps for the fence out back, which I had built long before he came along. He just took a hammer and banged all of those down, and now they don't stay on properly. And I'll have to get new caps this year and, um, you know, tore up um, the floors, the walls, um, started painting deliberately to leave it unfinished, Um, just a lot of things. And I got on YouTube. And went to some do-it-herself workshops when Home Depot was having those. I learned how to start fixing things myself. Um, I have a lot of equipment, and I do a lot of things on my own, trying to make this house at least look like a home again. So today, people, we talked about making our houses into homes. It takes more than just cleaning it up. Cleaning it up is just the facade. You ever notice that as long as there's life in the house, it thrives? But the minute the people move out and no one replaces those families that leave, you ever see how fast houses start to deteriorate and fall apart when there's no life essence in them? Sometimes you can walk into a home and you can feel the tension in the air. Remember, houses are made. The main part of a house is the frame, and the frame is made of wood in many cases, and wood came from trees. And when your houses pop and ping, that's the wood still expanding and contracting according to the weather. What makes you think that houses still don't have some part of whatever you want to call plant life, living. We all need to live. You know, a lot of people, we walk around. We have a life, but are we really living it? So in closing, you want to make, yes, Sister Jennifer writes, she calls that nature taking back what is hers. And I notice in my house on sunny days, because out back the sun is relentless in the evening, my house will pop and ping to a certain time at night, then it'll stop. But, I mean, it really could be that because I need a new roof on there at this point, 
And um, we need some more added insulation or protection up there. I don't know. The house is almost 30 years old now. And I have one lake around my sky window. So it's held up pretty well. And I see now where it's settled. And the walls and the corners, of course, are now not quite um, where they should have been. I thought it was only me until I went to my neighbor's house. And I said, I'm glad to see that I'm not the only one where the walls have shifted greatly. But again, I do know that it's speaking. And you're so right, Sister Jennifer. That's nature. We have to respect everything, not just the adamant adamant objects, but the inanimate objects within those walls. We have to respect that home. So go ahead. Today, 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 before today leaves, before Monday is ushered in, make your bed, make sure that your kitchen and your bathrooms are in order, and try something new that so many of us do not do anymore. Learn how to use that thing in your dining room or wherever you eat, that table in the kitchen or wherever it is that has those chairs around it. Learn how to utilize that. Learn how to talk to your children. My heart aches every time I see a child that's killed themselves from bullying. Parents, I had no idea. I had no idea. What? We need to learn how to communicate again. We need to learn how to talk to one another. We need to learn how to listen to one another. We need to learn how to love and respect one another. We need to put a stop to the secrets and lies. You all have heard me say this before. I've resorted to the fact that either my job or some people who are closest to me will realize that I am missing. If I took my last breath right now, those would be the people who would notice that I'm missing. Because even when I got sick back in 2013, I believe it was one family member. She called my son and said, hey, she's missing. She hasn't been on something, something, something. And then when she found out that I was in the hospital, you know, he said, well, you know, if something happens, somebody will call me. He never called. He didn't care. But I'm the worst thing in the world. I'm like, please tell me what I did. And when his daddy died, he asked me, why did you keep daddy from me? What? I believe I was the one that gave you the only picture that I had of him. I was the one, when I found him, I gave you the number. And then the next week, suddenly his phone was turned off. I believe that that was me. I believe that I was the one who had who brought him in your life when I saw him standing on the corner at Rogers Avenue or Liberty Heights out here in Baltimore. And I said, here's your son. He was in his car seat in the back. I took him home. I was the one that let him spend time with him until he decided to disappear and didn't want to be bothered. But, you know, dear old mom, I'm the worst. I'm the one to work two jobs to make sure that my son had all of the hard-to-get toys and things every year that he wanted something. I'm the one that did that. I'm the one that had this house built so that he would have a stable home environment. But I'm the worst bitch in the world. You always love the absentee one that can make up any old story. And the, the worst part, people, is that his father and I, we still had respect for each other. Out of the fact that he's married, I won't tell the rest of the story, but the bottom line is simple. No, I didn't do anything wrong, people. I never crossed the line. That's Don't take it wrong and get it twisted. But 
That's these types of things, these types of miscommunication, secrets and lies, this is what turns your home into a house. It's just something that houses a bunch of junk, a bunch of lies and secrets. It's like that box, the infamous box that some people in the kitchen or wherever, you have that drawer that has a whole bunch of junk in it. Don't know what that junk is, but it's the infamous drawer of junk. So I need you all to understand this. We may even continue this topic. Because until we learn what it takes to make that house a home, we're going to continue to live in, then grow up in, and then leave from those dysfunctional houses and come out into the world as dysfunctional adults. And the cycle will continue. So for me, I had to walk away from the DNA strand. And there are more people out here who I have no known DNA to. And today is the last day for the $59 special on Ancestry.com if you all are planning on looking into your DNA. And for those of you who say, oh, no, the government want my DNA. If you've ever been sick, the government has your DNA. The day you were born, they usually prick the bottom of your feet in case you didn't know it. So they have your DNA. You've ever been to the walk-in clinic. Guess what? They have your DNA. You're running from the wrong things and you're listening to the wrong people. And if you had a strong home environment where people told you about what to look forward to and how to have discernment in your life, you wouldn't be falling for every single thing that you see and hear out in public. We need to learn how to come home. People make our houses a home. So as always, before I leave, guess what? I want to pray each and every one of you enough. I want to pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. I also want to pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. I want to pray you enough smiles to turn that frown you've been carrying around upside down. But most of all, I want to pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever may be coming your way and knocking at your door from this very moment and beyond. I want to thank you all for joining me here today on the program. We'll be back again next Sunday with another program. Hello to Miss Pretty's friend. Thank you so much for listening today. Again, people like Miss Pretty and Jennifer and Guest number two, six, and all the other guests who jumped on today. And those who talked to me after the show, because a lot of people listen to the replay. And then I'll get all of the responses back in private messages and and emails and things of that nature. People continue to pay it and pray it forward. Have faith that things are going to get better. I'm not where I was because God is preparing me to go someplace a lot further. God is tired of me crying. He had me cry my last tear. I love being here with you all because I left that house to see what was on the outside and how others were actually living because I left the brainwashing of be afraid, be very afraid. I met Jennifer 
I've met Miss Pretty. I met so many people. Eugene and I, we were co-workers. Then I was his boss, and then he left, and I left the old place of business. We've been friends ever since. We are two peas in a pod. We are so much alike. It's almost scary. I couldn't ask for a better person to be my right hand. And for those of you, I'm going to answer this question for the last time. No, we are not a couple. Believe it or not, we are not a couple. We are just two peas in the pod who think alike. So we're going to lay that to rest for the last time. So many of you, you're swearing down that we are, but we are not. We are just two people who have like minds and souls. Thank you, Sister Jennifer. I pray you enough as well. I've been saying this for years now, people. I don't know what you need, but I pray you enough for whatever it is that's going to bring you back from the brink. So until next week, be well, be blessed. Going to let the song play out. Then we're going to end our program. I'm C. Maria Wall. I'll talk to you soon. 202-618-2556, by the way, is our number in case you want to reach out. Our website's are thewallfoundationinc.org, and mine is www.cmariawall.com. Both of the websites have contact forms. I'm going to start bringing on special guests soon. I'm just trying to get through the midterm season for me, but for some reason this year it's spread out through a couple of months. So I want to work on one thing at a time to help keeping me moving in my direction that I need to go in. And even now I'm still not walking alone. So until next time, be well, be blessed, continue to pay it and pray it forward. I will see you soon, Lord willing. I'll be here again next Sunday. And for those of you who are in the Focus Females Global Group, the FOCUS, which is an acronym, it's a trademark, a registered trademarked acronym, F period, O period, C period, U period, S. There's no period after the S because it stands for success. The acronym stands for Females Offering Clarity, Unity, and Success. And since there's no limit to that, I put no period at the end. It is a registered trademark. Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m., we're going to be bringing back the Focus Females Global Chat Cafe. It's not going to be a huge show, but it's going to be enough for the sisters to come together for some motivation and inspiration. So that'll be starting soon as well. So our programs are coming back online. We'll have the Saturday morning motivation, or we're going to bring back Healing Through Heard I Talk Radio. I was planning on not bringing that one back until uh, I got out of school, which is next year in September. But again, we'll see if the great I am tells me to do it, then I'll do it that way. So have a wonderful remainder of your Sunday and this week. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And a special hello again to Switzerland. Switzerland, first time Switzerland is added to our list of listenership. 
So welcome, Switzerland. Again, the United States of America, Cambodia, UK, Kuwait, and Switzerland. And in America, Michigan, New York, Virginia, North Carolina, Colorado, Texas, and Maryland, they were a stop, our top states with listenership for last week. So until next week, be well, be blessed. I'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.